Welcome to the Azimuth Circle Business Podcast, the practical podcast for business leaders and senior executives. Interviews with today's best and brightest on how they successfully navigate today's business environment. I am your host, Jeremy Huggins. Welcome to the new normal. Welcome to the Azimuth Circle Business Podcast. I am your host, Jeremy Huggins, and I am joined today by our resident expert on organizational change, Val Larson. Val is president of Larson's Leadership, the organizational change experts. Val has worked with global organizations on their realignment. She's a specialist in change management, organization development, leadership development, and talent development. Welcome, Val. Thanks for coming on the show. Well, thank you, Jeremy. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Val, we are in some interesting times. The organizational side of businesses are the ones that are taking the brunt of all these issues. What are you seeing as the major issues as we're going through this COVID-19 crisis? Well, you know, it's really fascinating, Jeremy, because my clients are really saying that there are two major factors that are facing them right now. One is the social upheaval component, and the other is the technology upheaval component. Very quickly on the social upheaval component, I was talking with some folks in the Stanford Business School, and they were saying that roughly 40% of the U.S. is a knowledge worker, and they can work from home. 60%, however, are tied to schedules, locations. So there's a dynamic that's going on there that's actually causing the 60% to be a little frustrated, envious, and angry with the 40%. Likewise, we have to realize that the 40%, the knowledge workers, typically get paid more and they're saving money because they don't have to go out to lunch all the time. They don't have to pay for their commutes and parking. Whereas the 60% are putting their life on the line by taking the bus to work. And we're talking hospital workers and police officers, teachers, people that are needed in society. So it's an interesting dynamic that's building. And unfortunately, what it's doing is it's creating an even wider socioeconomic divide between the knowledge workers and the non-knowledge workers. But- is there a similar piece in both the, the knowledge workers and the schedule workers on that sense of community that they're missing? Because it would seem like both of them are going through that same issue. Thank you for asking it, because you're absolutely right. It it's, comes about in different ways with the knowledge workers. The fact is... Studies, again, this is through Stanford, they have shown that the knowledge workers in many cases are actually about 30% more productive now. Interesting. They're also finding there are a lot of alternative ways that they can actually have their meetings and get productive. And, And now by saying this, I am also assuming, of course, that organizations have already equipped them with all of the electronic and technology needs that they have. So, you know, be that a teaming platform and instant messaging. Having said that, it is my personal opinion that once we get past the virus, I do think that organizations are going to learn that they can be radically more flexible with their time with many groups of people. But I predict that we will have a hybrid system where we have maybe two days in the office and three days at home because I do think that people, as you alluded to earlier, do miss some of that FaceTime. Let me move to some of the technology upheavals because those are also huge. 
The market watchers that I'm talking to definitely believe that some of the new behaviors that we're learning from this will live on. And after we normalize, we have literally fast forwarded in making a sociological leap. They believe that this is absolutely the way of the future and that the 60% who are not the knowledge workers, there will be ways that they can adapt to. Tech stocks have skyrocketed while old economy staples are bankrupting. Is the market doing more than adjusting for a brutal economic eruption? Or is it really repricing itself for a really profound altered reality? Ultimately, the old economy is being mercilessly squeezed out. Sure. And so that brings us to what do organizations need to be doing themselves, their structures, and their thinking to be successful moving forward? That is a great lead-in. So what do you think? Businesses obviously have to adjust. Everything from companies where they're having to restructure, as you said, doing work differently. We're seeing businesses that are in a situation where they go to downsize. We're seeing furloughs. What do you see as what businesses should be looking at to be ready for, for whenever we come out the other side? I think there are specific actions that businesses have to take. So the first one is I think people have to get very clear on their vision because you're in business to achieve a vision and to make money for your stockholders. Is our vision, is our purpose appropriate in the newer world? Is it valid? It's critical for organizations to give this hard thought and to go through a vision retrofit so that they really understand if they are appropriately placed. I do believe this has to be a facilitated session because a lot of people are really married to their vision and their visions in, in many organizations are surprisingly small in scope and limited. And it doesn't allow them to, to think differently about who they are. I know one medical products manufacturer that I worked with, they went through this process and they realized that their vision was to help all people live healthy lives. And so by doing that, it shifted them away from old time medical products to cell sorters. It shifted them basically from needle syringes and things that prick your finger for diabetics to cell sorting technology. And they've actually got some COVID antibodies that they're preparing for the market. I think everybody is seeing, even if it's a company that was manufacturing uniforms for sports teams are now making medical masks. It's not necessarily making major, major shifts. It actually can be just looking at your capabilities, understanding what those capabilities are, and really just realigning them to what this new normal is demanding. You're right. I think there's going to be so much to learn as we go through this experience that making radical shifts is actually unwise right now. However, one thing you do need to do after you understand your vision is you need to understand who talks to whom about what, when they do that, and why. You have got to find out who your information hubs are in your organization. And I suspect that this network will actually surprise you. There's several great tools out there that graphically depict this in color-coded topographical peaks and valleys, it surprises people. You may find that this engineer off in the corner is the real knowledge worker, is the real bearer of information, and that's the go-to person for everyone. It does expose the autocratic type leader that's ineffective, that everyone has to work around, but it helps you see who are the real information hubs? How is information flowing? And really that then helps you with your structure and it shows your, your decision-making.
So you talked about people being clear on their vision, understanding their communications and the information hubs. What else do you see? I see that we are learning how to do business in this touchless world and that technology is the core that is enabling it. Those that are thrust into remote work situations are going to settle into new routines. And when things get safer, are they going to want to come back? We will have to be more flexible in our management styles and our management practices. And that's going to be a shift for people, but not right now. I think the staying power of the technology, people are going to have to catch up with it. And so this makes our communication paths very tricky because as a leadership group in an organization, every bit of communication that you have has multiple audiences and you have to get to all of them with one consistent message. Leaders often forget about that. So that's the 40% of knowledge workers and that's the 60% of other workers, shop floor, people who are out in the field, sales. What I have seen in a lot of my client organizations is after they do this mapping, they find out who the information hubs are and they want to put project team on something to go fix it. But you can't really do that because let's just say you've decided that you need to move materials and you get a team together, they study it and they decide to put it on conveyor belts versus move it on pallets. You need to get the shop floor involved. You need to get salespeople involved. You need to get the management team involved. They're all stakeholders in the outcome. And when we're in a hurry and when we're concerned and we think that we have to respond immediately, we forget our sales force so that they can tell customers what's going on and keep customers well aligned with us. We forget about the power of our supply chain and our full order to cash cycle. Shop floor workers, you have no company without your shop floor workers. They get scared when they see a lot of these things coming down the pike. They, in many cases, don't have the training or the wherewithal to know all about the technology and their jobs will dramatically change and potentially become obsolete. So we have to think about how they're going to emotionally respond to that. And obviously management needs to be involved because they control the funds and the ROI may not be immediate. So this is really about visibility of the company and what its mission is now becoming and making sure everybody is on board. Yes. And again, I cannot stress enough that for every bit of communication, there are multiple audiences and there needs to be one consistent message that goes to all. Sadly, it may have to be broken down into different manners, but one consistent message for all. You cannot communicate enough. From there, I recommend another facilitated session, the great questions. A great question is a question that has been vexing us. And if we could answer, would fundamentally shift our focus and how we do business. What you want to do here is you do want to take a very hefty diagonal slice of your organization, include your customers, include your supply chain members, ask them the great questions no more than six of these, ideally three or four. What you're doing is getting their ideas and you're able to synthesize this and it makes a massive difference in how you think and how you glean your data and how you can then restructure yourself for success, meeting all of the stakeholder needs. Only then when we have all of that data and when we have more knowledge about what our new world has in store for us, Are we really going to be able to shift our structures to thrive in this newer world? 
So are those questions generic or are they different for every organization specifically? No, that's very important. They are specific to that organization. It is important that whichever team is putting this together has some guidance on what has worked in the past and in other organizations because you want to make them broad questions, but not so broad that you cannot get crisp answers. Well, it sounds like something that you have a huge amount of experience with. Well, Val, thank you very much. We are running out of time. I know we could talk for another two or three hours on these types of topics. We will definitely have you back on again very soon to deep dive into some of these, if that's okay. Sure. I know that this has given some real enlightenment to everybody on ways that they can think about their organization going forward, especially some of the challenges that they have in this present environment, which of course is is probably not what we expected even six to eight months ago. Thank you, Val. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for today's show. If you want to learn more about this content and other topics we've covered, go to www.azimuthcircle.com. Thanks for listening.